0: Adventures with Words is brought to you by Audible. Try Audible free for 30 days and download any audiobook for free. To start your free trial, go to www.adventureswithwords.com forward slash audible.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Adventures with Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob. I'm Kate. And this week we're talking about The Sisters Brothers by Patrick DeWitt. It's the first book in our book group. Um, Kate, why don't you tell us quickly what it's all about?
0: Okay, well... It's set in 1851 and a lust for gold has swept the American frontier. Two brothers, the notorious Eli and Charlie sisters, are on the road to California following the trail of an elusive prospector, Herman Kermit Warm. It says that on this odyssey Eli and his brother cross paths with a remarkable Cast of characters, losers, cheaters And ne'er-do-wells from all stripes of life And Eli begins to question What he does for a living and whom he does it for So we read this as Rob said As part of our book group that we go to Bookplate Books And it's sort of provoked a lot of different ideas Particularly between the two of us Rob can you start us off Can you tell us a bit about the narrator
1: uh, Well, Our narrator is one of the brothers, he's Eli He's going on the road with his brother Charlie He's the more sort of thoughtful and conflicted of the two brothers. So he's recounting their tales along the road. Well, Eli and Charlie have been sent on to kill Herman Kermit. Hermit Kermit Warm. Uh, they've been sent by the Commodore. So they're travelling across to San Francisco. Uh, at the start of the book, you don't know quite why they've been sent to kill him. As they're travelling along, they encounter a variety of people. So Eli is our narrator. It's a first-person narration. And he's telling us sort of what happens. And as they go along, um, being brothers and all, they do sort of bicker between them. Eli narrates it in a very deadpan sort of way. There's some very dark humour. There's some very um, dark moments. But the tone itself, it's very entertaining, very in- engaging. I actually found myself relating to the two brothers having a brother myself (laughs) i found it quite you know wonderfully constructed there's lots of meaning there and it felt very realistic to me there isn't actually a lot told about the landscape as you're going along sort of it's very much sort of they're on their horses they're going along you don't i don't think you'd read it as to get a sense of the wild west in particular Mm -hmm. Um, it's very sort of almost generic sort of towns it gets quite interesting when they get into san francisco i found that bit quite funny where um it's always been known as sort of these days it's sort of a technological hub but you get there and there's sort of in a hotel they meet this sort of bizarre sort of early day telephone where they're shouting through a horn sort of speaks to the manager of the hotel it focuses more though on the two brothers and the people that they meet
0: when i was reading it It reminded me of um, something like Cold Mountain, which is obviously that's set earlier because that's set during the um, Civil War in America. But that's obviously another kind of journey story. And you've got the the main character there Mm. where he's, you know, taking this trip back home to get back to his true love sort of thing. I mean, obviously, it's a very different motivation for the story. But I guess because it was, uh, you know, because it was set in a sort of historical time in America, it's that journey motif. It kind of reminded me about that a little bit. Mm. But yeah, I think in, in terms of the way that it's told, although it has that same sort of travelling motif, it's a very, very different style of writing. Whereas, whereas something like Cold Mountain is incredibly descriptive, you get a real sense of the, the countryside as they go through, the stature of the mountains, um, the the sort of climate and so on. I think, you know, this... This is very, as you say, it's very much more character based, but also. I think even just the, the description of the characters is very, very spare. It's done very subtly. So it's, it's really just with one or two words where you first meet someone mm. gives you the, the whole impression of their character. Maybe just one or two things about what they're wearing, perhaps. Not even any kind of detailed description. Um, the way that they talk about the towns that they pass through is very, very spare mm. as well. You don't get names of anywhere. Uh, it's all sort of just an encampment or... A town, nothing has any kind of distinguishing yeah. characteristics. But then I think that actually gives you an impression of what it would have been like in America at that time, because, you know, this was a time where there was hardly any structure, hardly any uh, sort of organized society in so much of the West of America. So, you know, it really was still that kind of pioneering sort of spirit where people were just going and building a town where they could and getting by how they could. So, you know, I think while it's while it is very spare and it isn't very descriptive i think that in a way is is descriptive in itself you know it's uh, it's sort of representative of the state of america at that time i think what you said about san francisco obviously we do think of it now you know it's it's apple it's silicon Mm. valley it's all you know all of that sort of thing but it it still was at that time as well you know you've got the the bustling docks you've got all the commerce coming through you've got the there's a uh, where they they meet a pres- uh, prospector in the street and they chat to him about where they should go for dinner yeah and he sort of says the effect that the money there has had on him and that it, that it has mm. on people it sort of drives people wild he describes the way that um someone jumped off the roof of a building for no apparent re- you know supposedly mm. he was drunk and yet he'd met this man half an hour previously and he was perfectly sober just the effect that um sort of money and change and progress has had on people that it does something strange to you i thought that that was Really. So, you know, despite the fact that you've got no um, sort of detailed description of scenery or appearance or any of that side of things, uh, you still get a really in-depth, uh, personal view of people's behaviour. What did you think of the way that Charlie and Eli behave uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of their kind of moral compass? You know, what are these characters like? Eli is a, an engaging narrator, yeah. I think, because he's very honest and very upfront about what he thinks but in terms of the way the characters act are they actually sympathetic characters?
1: Well, they are both two professional killers. So they are sort of in that respect, not particularly nice people, but you do become engaged with them. Eli is the more sort of conflicted, the more thoughtful of the two brothers. Um, it's the people along that they meet along the way that sort of, sh- you can see how they interact with one another. Charlie is always the one who's drinking. He's hungover every day. Um, whereas Eli, he meets this, um, sort of beautiful bookmaker at one of the stops along the way and he, f- he falls in love with her very quickly. He is looking for a way out. I think think he considers you know packing it all in going to open a shop to sell goods to these prospectors whereas i think for charlie that's he's settled on that's his way of life
0: Mm. do you think that dewitt was deliberately trying to make the reader sympathize with the uh, sort of disgusting behavior i mean do you think he he was deliberately trying to get the reader to like the unlikable
1: possibly um i mean eli just as a matter of fact, is possibly the more interesting of the brothers. If we had Charlie as a narrator, we'd probably get a very different book.
0: It just made me sort of intrigued because I think, as you say, they they ought to be uh, very uh, unlikable characters. Yeah. You know, they we we know from uh, the the sort of hints that Eli drops during his narration of this story that in the past they've been involved in a lot of killing uh, they've involved in a very sort of vicious previous mission where they it, it finished with their horses being burnt to death in a barn by the the gang that they were up against and who you know the pair of them still managed to defeat they've obviously murdered a lot of people where they start to come across people on their journey when they reveal themselves as the sisters brothers they get a reaction people are scared uh, mm. you know they're they're referred to as no Notorious and infamous. Their reputation
1: precedes them and they often use that to their advantage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yet, you know, certainly I found Eli very sympathetic and. I felt even, sorry even, for him. Actually, yeah, he,
1: he's looking for a way out, and I think he's. He, they're planning ahead that when they hide the stash of gold, I think that's his way out, and it doesn't work out for them. Uh, he falls in love. Uh, he's fascinated by brushing his teeth. Yeah, that's quite funny. Um,
0: he's he's this kind of like this tragicomic, yeah, sort of figure that he's. You know, he's always trying. He's doing his best. He wants things to work out for the best. He doesn't. W- I don't think he wants to kill people i think he's you know it, he's, his reluctance grows during this story but I, I mean i found myself even with charlie i didn't want anything bad to happen to him
1: oh you do because of the way they interact with each other i think you do become quite attached to them and they are attached to each other as brothers there is bickering you know they, they sort of fight but at the end of the day they, they are looking out for each other and as a brother i found that you know quite realistic so yeah you do want the plan as, as the book went on i wanted them to succeed now, whether that was to succeed in killing Herman or whether that was to succeed in the later plot that, I don't want to give it away, <laughs> succeed in that way. Yeah. But yeah. You're rooting for them, even though they're they're killers.
0: I sort of wondered if this was something where, you know, I, I think that there's a, there's a sort of metaphor. I think there's a, a kind of symbolic element to this book where, but I mean, perhaps this is just me reading more into it. I oh. don't know what Patrick DeWitt would say, but... I have a feeling that there's a, a kind of message behind this book about sort of people's motivations and looking at, you know, this, this, our sort of post, you know, second go at the depression mm. sort of society where just lust for gold and riches and power has caused so many problems you know are
1: are sort of oh certainly i mean um it's set in the gold rush everything about this book almost just at the end of the day and it leads to money Uh, people are digging for gold you actually learn that the people who are really making the money are the people who are selling the shovels and the and everything like that to the inspectors. Um, there's a fantastic scene where they're dragging a boat in this is in San Francisco. They're using horses to drag a boat up onto the shore so they can rent out rooms and sell goods to the inspectors. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think in this day and age where we're going through another sort of potential crash um, <laughs> and all about Ameri- America at this time was just all about finding the gold. I think it's quite apt.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I wondered if that was part of this idea as well, that it's a it's a historical distance Mm. between then and now but by using that you know hundred year gap it's allowing us to reflect on what's happening now and the way in which you know sort of Lehman brothers and and whoever Mm -hmm. it was behaved actually is is just as brutal and uncivilized as the way in which the people in this book are behaving and i mean Mm. perhaps that's one reason why we sympathize so much with sort of eli you know he's doing his best he's He's trapped essentially. That you know, he's there with his brother. He's got this incredible loyalty to Charlie, which is on on the one hand making his life incredibly difficult, but it's also very endearing and it was you yeah. know like you said about the, the relationship yes. between them and i think that in turn endears charlie to us because if eli is going to stick by him you know we we're on yeah. side with eli that that means that we start to care about charlie and you know as you say he doesn't want to carry on this uh sort of life of crime he'd rather make an honest living
1: he, well, he's planning his, his life after this Essentially, isn't he? They're they're thinking of ways to get out, and if that's that's screwing money away, or ultimately, you know, turning on his own employer. There's a nice scene where they're both trying to figure out what's the best way to get out of this. He, I mean, Eli wants out. Charlie seems a bit more uncomfortable with the idea, but I think Mm. as things play out, and certainly the way the books the book ends, Charlie he's got no option.
0: So the way in which the book is structured is it's in sections and then within that there are also very short chapters. Mm. It's something you and I both noticed yeah. as we were reading. How did that work for you, reading in these these kind of little short sections?
1: Um, I really liked it, actually. Now, you could say episodic in a bad way, but I actually quite liked it that each short section, each chapter, is sort of a tale in itself. Mm. So as they're going along, it reminded me very much of Don Quixote, especially the way they meet all the, the sort of different people along the way um, the interactions that they have. It was very, I found it a very quick read. I, I really enjoyed it. I read it very fast. And then you've got sort of sort of strange well they call they're called, they're called um, intermissions, aren't they? Yes. These very sort of vividly described sort of dream sequences which I found actually contrasted quite well with the way that the book is written the rest of the time. As you said, it's sort of very mm-hmm. stripped back, very sparse. But These dream sequences sort of kick in and you're like, wow, very sort of strange imagery. That, and it's um, Eli's dreams and sort of what yeah. does that mean as the book but goes on? Did
0: you really think it was a dream? Because I wasn't quite sure. I wondered if it was just sort of flipping the style because these two sequences, they are meetings with this sort of very odd young girl Mm. when he's in the town of Mayfield named after the saloon owner who they have this uh, sort of Uh, encounter with and the first okay they're they're very they seem to be sort of symbolizing something there seems to be some kind of message and it's the the first one the little girl is sort of standing there and she's looking Mm. at this um dog and she's talking about how the dog's in pain and eli sort of reassures her no no it's not i mean i'm sure it's okay and she says no look it's eating its own leg and he says no no it's not and then when he looks closer he realizes that actually there is something funny going on on here it is chewing a mm. leg like, and it turns out the little girl has actually poisoned the dog
1: i read it sort of as a dreamlike state that possibly he was in maybe even a dream but certainly the you're right that the way it's written the style is so different to the rest of the book that it is sort of like a jolt
0: yeah i mean it's all it's seen it's almost like a sort of a fable or something like that yeah, that like so some sort of folk word, tale yeah. mm. where i'm not sure i mean it all the way through the book there is this kind of this sort of underlayer where you feel that there's there's more meaning there but it be, it's not explicit you know yeah. the the narration is as we said so it was very matter of fact very honest just literal um sort of exposition of what's going on and then any it, you know the kind of morals and ethics are all there you know for you to ponder as yeah. opposed to being you know sort of explicitly told but the, this to me seems yeah i mean it, it i i i didn't yeah i didn't actually read it as a dream i read it as just a a kind of flip in the style of narration but perhaps something that we were supposed to think about in more depth if you like i mean i i wondered if it was trying to say something about the difference between the way something looks on the outside and behaves on the inside that you know she's his expectations are that she's a little girl she must you know she's innocent she's sweet yeah. but actually she's she's a poisonous creature
1: well that's a reflection on eli then really he on the outside from what he does he is a killer mm. but on the inside you actually realize he's actually He's very thoughtful. He's well, he look he's looking for a way out. He falls in love very quickly, but on the outside, you know, he is one of the sisters' brothers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I I really like the 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 way that it was done in, in these sort of little um chunks i think yeah it, i mean it reminded you of don quixote it made me think as i said i've already sort of mentioned cold mountain which mm. has that similar sort of idea where the the main character meets these strange um sort of people in the you know in the american uh sort of mountains on his way home but it also made me think of you know, kind of classical things like um the odyssey yeah where yeah. you've got a, a sort of Odysseus coming across these these sort of mythical figures and each one is kind of teaching him a different lesson or a different challenge or something like Pilgrim's Progress mm. where you know obviously that's a kind of Christian allegory but along the way Christian you know he as he said we, he meets these different figures and you know it's reflecting on their faults or a lesson that they're teaching him and it I I would put across that each of the kind of different characters that they meet mm. are trying to show them maybe something about themselves or trying to it, teaching them a lesson in some way or you know each encounter reveals something else to Eli as they go along it which kind of uh, which adds to his reluctance to keep killing people you know it, it convinces him that it's hmm. the wrong path you know like you were saying about brushing his teeth one of the first people that they meet he, he's got this dr- terrible toothache and they go and see a doctor and he starts chatting to the doctor uh, the dentist rather and you know he realizes that actually this guy's just kind of Being a bit enterprising and this is what he now does so Mm. he's he's learned something in terms of looking after himself but he's also thought of something in terms of being enterprising that there are you know you don't just have to follow one path and then you know you, you mentioned the bookkeeper that he meets the lady bookkeeper and he doesn't expect to be shown any kindness from her but he because he is sort of kind to her she responds and he realizes that perhaps he doesn't just have to pay for prostitutes and get drunk that yeah perhaps you know even though you know he describes himself as husky i think he's supposed to be Mm. a bit a bit fat and not not necessarily that attractive So, but, you know, even so, because he's, you know, behaved a bit more nicely, she's behaved nicely towards him. And again, it's all the it's these sort of little hints, sort of drip, drip, drip mm. from each of these encounters, which I think helped uh, to, you know, it's, it's not as obvious as something like Pilgrim's Progress, where it's a, no. it's a sort of moral lesson each yeah. time.
1: But we learn a lot through these people that they meet about the two main brothers. Yeah. And it's you know, I found that really entertaining. These sort of a lot of the people they meet on the road are a little bit strange, but it reflects back on the brothers themselves.
0: There's a person that they meet on the road, this crying man leading a horse, and I think actually he's I think he's the first person that they meet on their journey. Mm. It's really really just odd figure, just out of nowhere, a man leading his horse and crying inconsolably. And Eli tries to sort of talk to him and sort of offers him food and whatever but the the guy just sort of ignores them and sort of stumbles on and and so on and they just let him go and they actually meet him again right towards the end of the book Mm. and although Eli was actually quite kind to him at the beginning by the end he's irritated by him (laughs) and I think he sort of throws something at him but and that's interesting because obviously we've just said how Eli wants to leave behind the life of crime and goes that way. So perhaps you would think he'd be nicer at the end. Yeah. But I think it's because he's had this realisation that you can take control of your life. You know, yes, you don't actually, have yeah. to just be a, a sort of victim of, of fate or chance or whatever. And so this man's refusal to get a grip i think frustrate <laughs> yeah. i mean that's certainly how i read it and i mean I think so too yes i suspect this is a kind of thing where you know if if five people read it they would all come up with a different understanding of what the the background is to it but i don't know certainly for me it's very much a a journey and very much a, a kind of growing up thing that i mean these guys are supposed to be grown-ups already yeah but i think it, they are living like they're two little boys still in a gang. <laughs> yeah. And over the course of the book, I think they get towards the point where they're actually behaving more like grown-ups and not letting, not letting other people push them around. They're actually taking control of their own destiny. So in an earlier podcast, we've already talked about book prizes and so on. And this was actually on the Booker Prize nominations list. Mm-hmm. And a a lot of people perhaps would have been surprised about that. Do you think it deserved to be there?
1: Well, it did come with a lot of criticism, the list this year, which I've already talked about. And possibly at first glance, when you hear the story, you might wonder why. But I thought it was fantastically written, very entertaining, very engaging, very descriptive at times. And um, I would recommend it. It's certainly been one of the best books that I've read lately.
0: I'd agree with that. I think, you know, in terms of being a, a literary novel... I would certainly say that this is, Uh, you know, okay. It's set in 1851 in in the West of America, but you know, it's by no means a. a, This is not a Western. It's not a cowboy book.
1: No, actually, I was trying to figure out what genre you put it in.
0: Yeah, I think because, you know, we were discussing, this idea, you you know, you don't normally get a genre novel mm. on the Booker list. But actually, I don't think it is a genre novel. I think this is, you know, the, the fact that it happens to be set in that time and place is is not necessarily essential. I think, you know, you could have this same story almost. But, you know, obviously that setting works particularly well. It's particularly yes. apposite yeah. for the kind of concept, the kind of ideas that DeWitt is trying to put across. But, you know, stylistically, I think it's incredibly difficult. Tight, you know, it's completely consistent in its in its sort of approach throughout. I think it's incredibly carefully structured and plotted. It's really tight. It's really enjoyable to read. Yeah. Very very engaged. Really grip me right from the start. It does yes. You know, as you said that you know we said about the characterization, how. Despite what they do, they're incredibly well-drawn, You know, really fascinating characters. And I, I enjoyed it so much. I just thought it was sort of fascinating from, from every angle, really.
1: Well, you gave it five stars on Goodreads, didn't I you? I did,
0: That's yeah, really. absolutely. I
1: gave it the four because I don't think it gripped me quite as much and possibly... I don't know quite why. Gi- I just don't know. I d- I would- didn't give it five stars. <laughs> it, um, does,
0: it doesn't have that jeunesse quoi for you. Not
1: quite, no. But um, I'd still say it's it's a really good book. It deserved the nomination. Now I haven't read any of the other nominees this year, so perhaps Sense of an Ending was the justified winner. But having read around other Booker Booker winners, mm-hmm. I'd say it's yeah, it's up there.
0: Yeah, I, as I say, I mean, I I really did find it absolutely gripping. All round, you know. I think particularly that this kind of, you know, un- underlayer that I I found in it—the the kind of moral cultural. Commentary. I just thought was really so well done, without being at all preachy. I I quite like reading books with a message, mm. and I I think that whilst perhaps it's one I've brought to it myself, I think that that just shows how well it's been written. That I felt so strongly about something which was completely implicit.
1: We mentioned at the start that we're reading this as part of our book group. Uh, that's Bookplate Books. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Bookplate Books, or also on Facebook and now on Goodreads. Uh, the next book we're reading for August will be The Knights circus by erin Morgan stern so uh do join us for that
0: now we won't actually be giving you a podcast next week because we are away at latitude over the weekend however we will be posting some uh, special audio updates from the festival site if we possibly can so look out for those on twitter and on our website adventureswithwords.com
1: fingers crossed it doesn't rain
0: (laughs) We'd love to know your thoughts about the Sisters Brothers or anything else that we're talking about. You can find us on Twitter at Word Adventures, on our website www.adventureswithwords.com and also on our Facebook page as well. I've been Rob. I've been Kate. See you next time adventures with words is brought to you by audible try audible free for 30 days and download any audiobook for free to start your free trial go to www.adventureswithwords.com forward slash audible